Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Wow. You guys, I have to echo what, what Pastor George just said. What an incredible house we have. What an amazing group of faithful faithful spiritual family not just the organization but a faithful group of spiritual family blessing blessing those around you and and what an amazing testimony when some would say man this is a time when i'm gonna hoard and i'm gonna keep in to be as a people giving that way i honor you and to be a part of this i am blessed beyond measure so we love you all and um on that note pastor pastor suzanne thank you again for the opportunity to stand before this church family i am blessed and humbled that I get the opportunity to stand and, and share the Word of God with, with this church family. Um, you know, one of the things I believe that's going to come out of this whole thing with this pandemic and this quarantine and all of this is we will not, and I encourage you if you are, we will not again take for granted those things which are day to day, the gathering together of ourselves together, the meeting with your connect group, the prayer time with friends, the gathering on our weekend, a chance to come and sow seed together. Don't take it for granted. If you learn something in this season, learn that. That God's gifts to us are beautiful and valuable. And much of those, much of those gifts come one to another. Um, So I'm I'm thankful to be here and again, humbled and thankful for the opportunity. Well, Pastor Ron started an amazing series um, last week and I'll put the amazing on him mostly because I don't want to sound prideful. <laughs> but he came to me about this series and asked me what part I'd like to share. And this was the one I, I chose. He was gracious enough to give me the opportunity to see which part I'd like to share. And so he got us started last week in this series um, talking, about, um, talking about Christ's heart, the right motive in what we do. And as we look at First Thessalonians, one of the things I want to highlight is when you look at the letters, okay, if you don't know a whole lot of Bible, Uh, Paul has has written throughout the history of the church letters, sometimes called epistles, to encourage, sometimes to bring doctrine, sometimes to bring correction. And uh, 1 Thessalonians is one of those letters, one of those books. And and, and this is an opportunity for us to look into what does that book have to say for us. Um, And I'll talk a little bit more about the type of letter that this was, uh, a real encouragement to the church uh, of the Thessalonians. And... Pastor Ron gave us some great pointers last week, and I believe there's a lot of great pointers that we can receive in this book. And this week, we want to look at Christ's, Christ's strategy for us. We want to look at the right method. Because when we get up and do the things that God has called us to do, when we get up and live out his purpose, we ought to get it right. That's why I love the title of this series, When Christians Get It Right. Not right as in, I'm going to fight to say that I'm right because I had an argument with somebody, but right because we know we're in line with what God says, right? Because we're doing the things that the Lord has called us to do and not going about it based on what we think might be the best idea. So this week, again, we're going to talk about the right method in how we live out what God's called us to do, Christ's strategy. So we're going to read here first Thessalonians two, but I want to pray first, Lord, we are so grateful to be a part of this house, to be a part of what you're doing in the earth today. We're grateful that there's not just your presence here at the Rock of Gainesville, not just your work that's happening here, but all over the earth. And God, we are blessed to be a part of your move 
today in 2020. You've not left us. You've not forsaken us. We're not in a hopeless place, but we're in a very hopeful place because why? We are in you and we are of you. So we thank you for your word today, Lord. May it be a blessing to us and may it bring life to us today. In Jesus' name, wherever you are, shout a big amen. And we're going to get into this thing. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 says this. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But we had already suffered and been shamefully treated in Philippi. As you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. Though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, like, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and our toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Amen. One of the core elements that is communicated through this great book and, and that we see is this thing of a reminder and an encouragement. Um, Pastor Ron and I, as, as, as we often get the opportunity to sit down and talk, I, I, I went to his office to kind of chat through some of the things we'd share in this series. And uh, one of the things that came up as we discussed was this idea of fundamentals. You know, we were talking about the fact that sometimes when we hear a sermon series or we read a scripture, there's the idea like, oh man, I want something brand new that I never heard. The reality in the kingdom is a lot of times what you're going to hear is something which was already said. What you're going to hear is something which you already know. You just haven't done anything with it yet, or you haven't been faithful to it, or you need to be reminded to continue therein. And that's sometimes what happens, and that's a lot of what the Apostle Paul did with this letter in 1 Thessalonians here. He came like a coach, okay? Those of you guys who are sports enthusiasts get this idea. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a golf enthusiast, uh, like many golfers throughout the world. You know, we love it much more than we're good at it meaning we're not that great at golf, but it's fun to play. And one of the things you'll know if you play golf is there are certain things that have to be right about a golf swing. Now, a lot of people have different ways that they execute it, but there's a handful of things that if those are right, that ball's gonna fly where you want it to fly and you're gonna shoot a low score, which is what you wanna do. A basketball player, there are a certain few fundamentals that will make that shot do what it's supposed to do. You can ask Steph Curry about that today. There are certain fundamentals that will make that shot do what it needs to do. If you play football, 
there is a way to throw a football that will make it accurate. And what you want to do is practice a lot so your level of accuracy is higher and higher. If you're a wide receiver, the way you catch a pass, there are certain ways in which you catch a pass that it will guarantee you the best result. Now, you might not get it every time, but you want to practice so that you get the best result. This is some of what Paul does for us here in this book. For the Thessalonians, and we get the benefit of receiving, is he comes like a coach and begins to say, all right, team, this is what we are about. Remember, be encouraged about these things. Be encouraged that there are certain things that as believers, we ought to be about. Remember, you've already done some of these things. You've already lived out some of these things. You've already begun to see some of the fruit. And one of the things I want to encourage you is do so more and more. I encourage you to read both books of First and Second Thessalonians. You'll hear Paul say that a couple times in there. You're doing this, but I encourage you, do so more and more. Be encouraged to continue and do this more and more. So I've got a couple of pointers out of this passage of scripture that I, that, that I really hope will be helpful to you. And, um, and I've got really one strong point I want to drive home to you at the end. So I really hope this encourages you and reminds you of some things. So first of all, don't be limited in how God works in and through you. Don't be limited in how God works in and through you. As a believer, we come to Jesus and there are things that need to be done in us. There are issues that need to be worked out in our own lives. There are sins we have to be delivered from. There are strongholds and bondage that we have to be delivered from to walk in freedom. And there are things that the, the Lord would like to do in us in the place of freedom. But then he doesn't leave you right there. He says, now take what I've given you freely and freely give it away. Not only do you get to be free, but now I'm calling you to help somebody else see they need freedom. I'm not only calling you to get with two or three friends who've also been saved, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, to now say, man, wasn't that word good to us, but then to now bring it to somebody else. So don't be limited in that because God does want to do a work in your life, but then to bring it through your life to others. So my question for you today, one of them is, where has the Lord called you and how has he gifted you? Because that ties intimately into what you're going to see happen through your life. You know, some of us would like to be, you've, you've heard me, this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about where has God placed you. It's very important where he has you as well as the giftings and the talents that he's placed within you because there's a place and a reach you have that nobody else has. You might like, oh, I'd like to be him or I'd like to be, no, 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 no. Be where he's called you to be and, what he's, and, and operate and function in the gifts that he's given for you to operate and function in. God's word is constant and, come, and can come to us and be impactful right where we are. So regardless of what it looks like around you, whatever your challenges are that you might be facing, God's word can come to you exactly right where you are and be a blessing to you right there, impact you right where you are, and then through your life, impact somebody else. There's no limitation in what he can do in that. So let's go back into that passage. First Thessalonians 2 verses 11 and 12 said this. For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Verse 12, each one of you, okay? The word comes individually to you. There's not just a corporate word coming today. Wow, that was great. That came to our church. No, there's a word coming to you right where you are, right in the seat you're sitting in, specific for you. To do what? To charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God. To be an impact to me and then be an impact through me. 
Remember I shared with you last time I preached about the idea of the sword of the spirit, the fact that that word comes to you and then it comes through you. Remember that word, remember that work that continuously is coming in your life to impact you, but never to stop with you, but to continue and impact somebody else as well. So again, his word is constant and can come to us and be impactful right where we are. Second pointer, there's a place of impact God has for you that is not for someone else. There's a place of impact God has for you that is not for someone else. Remember I just mentioned a second ago, sometimes we want to be somebody else. I want to be in his seat. I want to do what he does or I want to be her or whatever. No, you don't. I promise you, you don't. <laughs> you know why? Because you want to fulfill the purpose God has for you. That's going to be the glory when you stand before him and you hear, well done, good and faithful servant, because you did the thing I had for you. You received what I wanted to bring about in your life, but then you did what I had for you to do. You didn't desire somebody else's place or somebody else's status or their gifts or their look or their talents. You said, man, what is it that the Lord has for me and where is it he's placing me? That is significant for you because there's a responsibility only you have. There are people that only you will reach. Now, there's a gravity to that. There's, there, there's like, wow, that's a, that's a lot. So the lives of these people are dependent upon what God's calling me to do. But guess what? You're graced for it. You don't have to look and say, well, these five friends who I'm supposed to impact, man, their life is in my hands. Ah, ah, gosh, man, they may go to hell. No, no, no. Step into it. Be calm. You know, the whole be calm shirt thing. You know, be calm and walk in the grace of God. It's okay. Breathe. Everybody say breathe. Just breathe. Just be calm. Be good. And passionately pursue what the Lord's calling you to do because there's a grace on your life for it. Because there's a grace on your life for that thing that I don't have. To be in that place that I don't have. You know, one of the things you'll find interesting if you ever get a chance to speak to brothers and sisters who've been through persecution, who struggled because they're being attacked for their faith. There's never any, woe is me, I'm, I just feel so sorry about this and don't you feel sorry for me. You know, I love hearing stories. I've, I've been able to experience that myself, but Pastor George, hearing his stories, the, the mega missionary that he is, hearing some of his stories and those people who go through stuff, never on their lips says, oh, you know, I just, if I was you and if I could be in America where it was easier, no. There's a strength of the grace of God which comes through them which says, no, don't feel sorry for me. I get the joy of fulfilling the purpose of God that he has for me. It's my responsibility, but there's grace on my life for it. Therefore, it's glorifying to the Father, and it's joy and peace and rest to me because I get to accomplish what he's called me to do because it's not me in me, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Verse 13 said this, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. You accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. So another encouragement for you, embrace the place of your assignment. Because it's not a word of men, it's not a good idea from you, Receive it as what it really is, the word of God. That's why I encourage people this way. 
If you're questioning your job or where you live or your station in life or your, your economic status or whatever that might be, I encourage you to hear the Holy Spirit and know, is this where God has me? Because if it's where he has me, it's a glorious place. It's a wonderful place. But how can you say that, man? You know, this guy over here in the other cube. Well, I guess not most of us in cubicles right now, I guess, with the quarantine thing. But, you know, the other guy across from me at work, I'm like, he's a jerk. And, man, he slurps his frappuccino so loud. And then he doesn't talk real nice to me. When, if it's where God calls you, it's glorious. But God, that neighborhood, man, I would like to be over here. They're, off, they're moving on up like the Jeffersons. You know what I mean? I want to be there. No, you don't. You want to be right where the Lord has you because that place is where the grace is. You know, my friend Jim Gilbert told me a story one day or, or made a statement to me one day, this, that if the Lord called you, you're more safe in the midst of rocket fire in the center of Iraq, it was during the wartime, than being in your living room in the comfort of your home. He said, you're safer there in the midst of rocket fire, if that's where the Lord has you, than sitting in your living room relaxing. Because, why? That's where he's called you. Embrace that place of your assignment. Why? Because you received what was said to you, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. And if it's the word of God, man, that's what I want to embrace. It might be difficult. It might be challenging. It might be like, wow, I would pick another way in the natural right now. But if it's the word of God, trust me, people. No, don't. I said this last time. Don't trust me. Trust the word of God. Trust what the Holy Spirit would say. That's what you want to receive today. If that's where you're supposed to be, embrace that and receive that. It's the word of God. Next pointer. God's grace is sufficient for where he's called you to be. God's grace is sufficient for where he's called you to be. Not only does he give you a specific place, but then he gives you that grace. And the thing that we have to remember so many times is that grace is enough for where we are. It doesn't feel like it sometimes by our natural understanding. I'm here, God, I'm in this hospital, this right now, there's no other way to say it. This sucks. No fun. No fun right now. But it's where I am, and I can see what is the Lord going to teach me through this, and what is he going to enable me to impact others with. I'm encouraged watching Pastor George's life. He's going through a hard fight right now. I count myself humbled to stand with him as a son in the faith, to battle this battle with him as much as I can. There's not a whole lot I can do for him except pray and stand and look him in the eyes when I get a chance to see him like I did this morning and say, sir, I love you. We're praying for you. We're standing with you. But what encouraged me about this man of God is that in the midst of his battle, he still says, God is faithful. Yeah, pastor's got some tough days, man. He's got some rough days, but I hear out of his mouth a man who says, God's grace is sufficient, and he is going to do in me exceedingly, abundantly, above what I can ask or think, because he is greater than multiple myeloma. He's greater than any form of cancer. He's greater than a financial struggle. He's greater than that difficult neighborhood or that difficult workplace God's called you to work in or that job or that challenge that seems like, wow, I would pick something else. I would rather be somewhere else. He says, no, you're right where I need you and my grace is sufficient 
for you where you are to walk out my purpose. Verse 13 said it again. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Trust that the word of God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in your life right where you are. His grace is sufficient for where he's called you to be. Listen to this. In Christ's strategy, it's not about all of us looking and acting the same. But it's about applying the word of God in the context he's called us to live. His word's not changing, but it has the ability to come and be applied in your situation. And whether you got five million or five dollars, God's word applies in your situation. Whether you're walking today and you have no concern about your health or whether you're battling for your life, God's word does not change. Whether you're dealing with situations and with relationships that you would rather not see people again, Rather not engage with those folks again, not have to go through that struggle again, or whether everything seems rosy, God's word does not change. We are applying the word of God in the context he's called us to live because why? He's faithful and that grace is sufficient. So there's no question. So as we see in this letter here, Coach Paul is talking to the church and saying, come on, guys. Remember, fundamentals, this is what we're about. This is what we're going to stick to. This is what we're going to stay with. Why? Because it's the word of God, not the word of men. And it's going to enable us to walk in a manner that's worthy of the call he has for us because that word is at work in you believers. And that's all of you, not one, not the ones up here or over here, not the ones on this side or that side of town, but in every single one of us where we are. His word is at work. His grace is sufficient. I'm going to segue a little bit here to another scripture, which we're here in 1 Thessalonians, but I want to go to another letter um, that I think will really help you see this thing of the grace of God coming to your place. And I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And I'm going to use a different translation. We've been using the ESV today, but I want to use the New King James in this because of a word that, that, that I want you to see here. And I want you to get something, get this deposit in your life today. 1 Peter 4.10 says this about the grace of God that comes into our life. It says, as each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one of us has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, I use that translation for a specific reason. I have a little object lesson I want to I want to get you here today um, but that word manifold in some other translations in the scripture it, it says varied or in its various forms or multifaceted those are some of the different things you'll see in different translations of the scripture but this idea of a manifold is something I want to get us to see today because it speaks so clearly of how the grace of God operates in your life and my life. Um, one of the greatest things you'll see with a manifold is that it takes and expands the impact of a single source. Okay, So there's one source and we want to split that source up to get it to different places. And so we have some type of manifold device that's used. Here's one of the common ones. 
that, that we see. Hopefully you can see that on camera. Even those of us who are not super hardcore weekend warriors probably know what that is. That's a Y splitter for a hose. See there, the two little switches there. Put that on your hose and you say, man, I got this one spigot, but I need a hose back there and a hose back there. Eh, Y splitter, boom. Even though I'm not a superstar of Home Depot, I know that and I can put that on there. This is a, a simple form of a manifold device because it's taken one source and it's expanding the impact of that single source. Okay? You'll take something like this and you'll see an even bigger one. Many of you have irrigation systems at your home. That's what's happened at your house. They've tapped into the main line of your house. And if you ever were to see underground, some of you may have been able to install if you got that kind of skill. Um, I'm not that guy. I do some home improvement, but it's not that deep for me. I'm not putting in a sprinkler system. But you'll see that main line that comes out of your sprinkler system, and then you'll see this manifold device which comes off of it in order to spread so that you have you know, four, five, six zones of sprinklers at your house. And that water pressure then is able to be sent there to your front yard so it looks nice and green. Association doesn't call you. Send a letter. Uh, Mr. Chung, you, we're real sorry. Your grass is looking kind of busted, so we're going to need you to do X, Y, and Z. That's actually why I work on my lawn last weekend. If you were wondering what I was doing on Saturday, nine hours. Chung Yu children earned their dinner last week. That's all I'm saying. Um, but that manifold device takes that one water source and sends you water to the front yard, to the side yard, to the backyard, to the yard between there with your neighbor, you know, back there at the flower beds, whatever. It's expanding the source, right? It's taking a single source and expanding its impact. Now, Everybody knows this in some way, shape, or form right now, especially during quarantine, right? Everybody wants to make sure their Wi-Fi router is on point because I've been stuck up in my house and I got to do streaming for church and I got to do my streaming on my TV and I got to work online and I got to Zoom and I don't want my Zoom call to be like my coworker was there talking to me and it... Hey, John, you still there? John, you still there? And that brother is frozen. Why? Because your Wi-Fi is not, is not handling its business, okay? You're watching your movie and, oh, God, wow, that scene was quite different. Why are their lips saying something different than what I'm hearing? You're, you're having issues there with your, with, your, with your internet service. We may see this guy, okay? It's a Wi-Fi extender. Sometimes some of you may have something that's a little, like maybe twice as big as this, which is like everything in once a modem and the Wi-Fi router and all of that all in one, right? So we see these things here. Now, the thing with Wi-Fi right now for everybody is just like with this simple manifold source, we want to expand the impact of that single source and we want to get it everywhere it needs to be. But what's often our concern with that? Is it going to be enough? Is there going to be enough water once I've split this out into four different sections? Anybody who does an irrigation system wants to know the water pressure is going to be high enough because if not, you're going to have a little spurt and there will be no green grass to be had come spring because <laughs> you don't have enough water power going through. If you're like me and you're a Wi-Fi snob, there's some places if I need to go do work at a restaurant, I'm not going because their Wi-Fi is no good. I'm like, I go in there, I'm like, I get the wheel of death on my computer for about six hours. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about, the little wheel. You're like, oh my God, with the page load. Oh, it's still loading. Hit refresh, still loading, still loading. Oh Lord, first world problems, okay? But you're considering the bandwidth. 
You're considering, do I have enough to do what needs to be done? We might be able to split this up, but do I have enough for it to supply what the needs are? And that's sometimes what our concern is, and we don't say it that way, with the grace of God. We look at somebody else's life and we say, man, that's glorious. They received the word of God. They're walking in the, in the word of God and they're doing and accomplishing. But yeah, they, you see the grace all over them, but you're, your life and you're like, eh, I don't know if there's enough for me to do this. I don't know if there's enough grace. I mean, it wouldn't be Christian for me to say that, but you think that. You feel that. I'm going through this and God, I just don't know if I have enough of you. If I have enough of what you have called me to do, I don't know if I can face that challenge. Trust me, if he called you, if he called you, yes, you can. Because it's not in you. If you're smart enough to realize that, it's not in you. It's in him. It's the grace of God being able to come to you right where you are. And the thing about this, when we look at something like Wi-Fi, which is so important to all of us right now, and we're concerned with bandwidth. Most of you don't say, I'm worried about my bandwidth, but you actually are. Because when you click, you want to make sure it actually does what it's supposed to do. So you are concerned with bandwidth. And then you have a party and your six friends come over and everybody gets on your Wi-Fi and you're like, ah. <laughs> the bandwidth is getting, oh, now a few more people are on. And then now you're like lying about what your password is because you don't want them to take up more bandwidth. <laughs> God's bandwidth is unlimited. I'm going to say it again because I, I don't see your faces, but I feel like some of y'all didn't get it. God's bandwidth is unlimited. So when you click by the spirit of God, that thing that you are called to do, there is plenty if you go by faith of his bandwidth by the spirit to supply everything that you have need of so that you can be a good steward of God's varied, manifold, multifaceted, able to come to your particular situation, grace in your life. More than enough. Don't ever tell me you couldn't do it. You can because it's in Christ. Now, if you go in yourself, yep, you could probably go ahead and say, I can't do it because it's in your strength. But if you're going and receiving as what you received is the word of God, there is more than enough of his grace because God is an unlimited source of grace for whatever is needed in your life. There is no limitation to what he can do in you, in your life. God's grace is more than sufficient. So I'm going to give you three things to remember out of all this. I hope this is encouraging to you. In Christ's strategy, the right method of how we come to him and how we receive what he's calling us to do and then going forward in what he's calling us to do. Number one, his work in you is prolific. I want you to remember that. And by that, his work in you is always going to be fruitful. It's always going to be abundant. It's always going to take you where you need to be. It might not be what you chose in the natural. It might not look like you thought it would look according to our finite minds but it will be fruitful, it will be prolific, it will be that which glorifies God. Secondly, his place for you is specific. There is a place God has for you in which he's going to do a work in your life and then call you to work through you in the lives of those around you. 
His place is very specific for you. If you don't know where it is, I encourage you to know where it is. If you are where you are in some places where you might want to change, unless it's a change that God's calling you to make, don't make the change. You know what I'm saying? Like when Michael Jackson was singing a song back in the day, make that change. Only if it's God. Don't try to make a change if it's not him. You'll be up here messing up your marriage, uprooting yourself from the church family where God's placed you, changing jobs. When God was like, I don't know why, I don't know who told you to go. I didn't. <laughs> I think sometimes that's his thing he's saying to us. He's like, I don't know, who told you to go? Did, this whole, did my spirit come to you and speak that? Did I give you the leeway to do that? And so now you're out here on your own. But if we want that grace of God to come right where we are, we need to allow him to say, Lord, I receive what you're doing in me. His place for you is specific. And lastly, his grace for you is sufficient. The grace of God is sufficient for wherever he has placed you and wherever he has set you. I want to pray for you today and I want to ask two questions. If you need an encouraging word, for this to be that encouraging word for you because you're already a believer and you need to receive what God has for you. Then just humble yourself and say, Lord, I, I, I need to be reminded. I need to be about what you have called me to do and receive your word for me and let your grace work in my life. And if secondly, you're somebody who has not yet received that grace today, that forgiveness and that mercy that Jesus has provided, then I encourage you today to receive it. We're all going to pray together, and if that's you today, I want you to receive this in your heart and receive what Jesus has already done for you so that then you can start on this journey and allow that work to happen in your life and see him work through your life. So pray this, Lord Jesus, I believe you came and you died for the world, but that included me. I thank you that your forgiveness is available to me. And I ask you today, forgive my sin, forgive my unbelief, forgive the fact that I haven't walked with you. And today I receive you as my Lord, and as my Savior, and I want to walk in a way and in a manner that is worthy of you. I want to receive your word, not as the word of men, but as your word, oh God. And so I thank you today. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer, we've got some information that will come up there for you on the screen. And I want to encourage you, don't be by yourself. Don't walk away thinking this was just some prayer. No, this was life-changing, life-altering for you because God is doing something in you that he wants to then bring through you and express to the world his glory. Don't walk alone. It's a reminder. I want to reiterate that to you today, church. We're not called to walk this thing alone and be by ourselves. We're called to walk it together, locked arms with the family of God. So thank you. Thank you for taking that step. And church, thank you for hearing and receiving the word today. In Jesus' awesome name, we are thankful that we're here. We say amen. So high five those around you. Encourage them. Say, man, we're going to receive this word and walk in it today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.